Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. We're really thankful on this rainy day in Dallas to be able to um, come and enjoy a post-seminar reflection with you. And across the table from me is someone that you know and love, Sister Monica. Sounds like a Catholic. Yeah. I've never called you that before. Well, you've called me plenty of other things, so we can just add that one to probably the never, list. Probably never do that again. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to f figure out whether we both sufficiently re regained strength uh, and uh, uh, vitality after pouring everything out last week. And I think um, I think we can both say that the Lord is good and that the last week's seminar, albeit different from many in many respects, was a uh, was an amazing creative step into the new in many different ways. I know I think that. I have gotten more feedback from this seminar than I have from any of the others. Not that that's in any way an indication, but I do know that, you know, when, of course, we missed everyone being in the house, of course. I mean, it was vastly different for us as well. But I, I, I have to just say that I know for me personally, I had more close functioning contact with the saints during this seminar than I do in any of the other ones mm -hmm. because I was in constant contact with with so many of you and and then the face-to-face -face with the zooms and and that kind of thing and I just felt like we we transacted so much business and and I know that that happens when we're all in house but I was just thankful to be able to interact and, and really have that kind of um, partnership that was very, um, that just manifest in the natural. And, and so, of course, I can look at that and say, well, Monica, you just need to be more present when everybody's in the house, and that may be the case, but I do know that everyone stepped up to the plate and everyone... Um, everyone just was present and and ready to either receive or to pour out and and just be um, just to gird this gathering up I could feel that I could sense that in the spirit realm and and that was just a great encouragement for us here that we're trying to keep things moving and and um, see that it was all that God had ordained it to be. So I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for every one of you for just being on the ready, being on time into the rooms, being just being present and, and sending so many just text messages. And people FaceTimed me and, and called and, and sent me emails throughout the whole um, gathering, just words of encouragement and words, you know, you know, just 
just stayed in touch. And, and that, that, that really helps from this end when we're doing things virtual because it's just different. It, it's different when you're pouring out and there's a room full of people than when you're pouring out and it's, it's pretty much an empty sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, it, that, in that regard, it was just really, it was really a blessing. I feel like we bonded. We connected. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, that, that brings up a, a spiritual topic um, in that, you know, I think that, I think that the way we had to structure this virtually put everybody on an even table. Expectations were very clear and you could reach out to folks, people could reach out to you, you had contact, and that was, that's what everybody was expecting. And there's less drain on you when that happens. When a seminar comes or when we go out in a ministry, you never know what people's expectations are. And when you're in close proximity with people, one-on-one, -on -one, if somebody, has a some kind of an it's kind of like the woman with the issue of blood who comes and touch Jesus and he says he feels virtue flow out of him um, there's this is just the way it is it's been this way forever it's a spiritual principle but there's a lot of times when I know that people come here and they we love them but they're they're looking for counsel they're looking for time spent they're looking for investment they're looking for whatever it is they're looking for we come here and we're looking to give the word to make sure things function in the way they're supposed to function and we're just pouring that out everything else no matter how relational it is in in all fairness is a drain it's pulling from you and i think that that was different this time and it's been that way for for 20 years and, and it's that way every time you go out in ministry I remember when we would go into France initially and we didn't know anybody um, and everybody spoke French and we didn't it was nice to be able to pour yourself out in ministry and then not have any other entanglement you could just replenish. And so I, and I think that's why Jesus got away so many times. He, it says he saw the pressing of the crowd and told his disciples, let's get out of here. You know, he comes in on a boat one time. He sees a big mass of people. He says a couple words and he says, let's get on a boat and go to the other side. I'm not saying anything negative here. I'm not. But what I'm talking about is a spiritual principle. And... Um, so I think this time, with all of the creative measures and the, the way that we were able to touch base with everybody and speak into the, the terios and to, you know, the prophetic presbytery to be able to give presbytery, those are great. But if, you, if that's the expectation on our end and on the other end, that's a great thing. But it's, it's less... 
it's less demanding uh, from a personal standpoint. And it also allows you the privilege of just being able to go before the Lord and to commune with him, which is which is wonderful to me. And I know you didn't intend for us to go down this pathway. No, but I, I, I felt every single day there was an overflow. Every single day there what do you was mean by overflow. The spirit just overflowed. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and that I mean that I mean when you when you do a seminar and it's it's in house, I mean, there's pockets of I mean, the spirit is flowing, but there's pockets of 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 um, I, I guess everybody has their own reflection. Everybody has their own um, sensing of when things happen. You know, some people, oh, the worship, it's just always about the worship. And then other people, it's always about the pouring out of the word. And then some other people, it's always about the presby. You know, everybody has their own perception, mm-hmm. I guess. For me, who who was really present and and pretty much a part of what happened throughout the whole thing I felt like there was a consistent overflow and and I give the Lord thanks for that because I know that that only could happen that happened because all of us were before the Lord all of us had prepared their spirits all of us had been praying for this gathering all of us came ready to minister to the Lord all of us, and, and, and when it's like everyone came to the table and with expectation, and, and the Lord just poured out. He poured out through so many different vessels, and I just, I'm just so thankful for that because my biggest fear about this gathering was particularly, you know, we're, we've, we've gotten used to standing at the pulpit and preaching to a remnant, it's it's way or, or coming into the sanctuary and stirring up the spirit in divers intercession even when there's three people in here. You know we've gotten used to that, just through this COVID quarantine. I mean things have changed, and you know how we're trained how to to seek the Lord on our own and to you know to welcome the spirit. But my biggest concern was getting to those Zoom calls and it being dry as a bone. I was so afraid that the atmosphere was going to just be sucked out because of the venue and I talked to you about that and it was anything but that I mean I was in the youth room most of the time by myself and the spirit just flooded the room and that was nothing that I did that was just the faithfulness of God and I think the way this whole thing was just um, we it was just bathed in prayer and there was such unity and such agreement and I think it really pleased the Father. Yeah. And and everybody poured out to one another. And, and you know, that's what, I mean, that's the whole spiritual principle of what Jesus taught us. I mean, what did he do? He took, he, he girded his loins up and he got on his knees and he washed his disciples' feet as an indication of the most humblest measure of servanthood one to another. And it's like we came... We came into that setting ready to pour out into one another, and to serve and to serve one another before the Lord, and that pleases Him. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that there's going to be um, 
I just, I, I just think we're changed. And I think that the revelation of, I think there's, there's going to be some revelation of, of the things that, that happened that we don't even know yet. And the way that we function and, and like you said, in our structure. And it's just exciting to me because what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are here inventing. We are, we are here partnering with the Lord and in, in bringing forth the new things. And, and I think that this is going to be tremendous breakthrough into just the stepping into the ways of the Lord that, that, perhaps the church hasn't known and so it's just exciting yeah and and this spirit of wisdom really brought about this creative innovation uh this was this seminar was not a response to covid it wasn't something that um we had to innovate because we couldn't meet um you know as well as I do that we were contemplating okay what do we do Uh, I forget what month it was but we were ready to have the seminar and then God just said okay you're not and he said do this and do this he gave the directives for what we did it wasn't, okay, we're not going to meet, so what do we do? Let's have a brainstorm. God just very clearly said this. And you, you know pretty well what I think in, in planning and whatever. And you know that this just came out of the blue. And so that makes a big difference when God says, I want to do this. And um, it was nice to let the saints be familiarized with various terio positions. It was nice for there to be a, a widespread measure of um, participation and ministry from various parts of the world. Um, I think we, I think we just really need to wait on him now to find out, okay, out of what we just did, what what is what is shining forth as a bit of armor that we're supposed to utilize going forth how are we supposed to use these different things some of them were temporal they were just for now others set the stage for a new a new platform of of ministry and um, so that's really what we need to gain clarity for because we're not just looking for new things to do. We're not just looking for other measures to uh, apply into the format of how we minister because, you know, I know I'm, I'm increasingly becoming aware of what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm not supposed to be doing. And, and that's the bigger question. What are you supposed to do? And what are you not supposed to do? It's so interesting that you say that because I had this very conversation with the Lord yesterday. I mean, literally, I had just this converse, this dialogue with him about that very thing. 
and and I, I, I was praying about that because um, you know when things when when we get stretched like this you step in and you do and I know that that I mean that was a directive that the Lord gave to me a month ago five weeks ago he said you do whatever he needs you to do to to get things you know to keep things moving and 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 you know <laughs> oftentimes that's things that we don't feel we're capable of but if you if you are obedient the lord will anoint you for that moment to do what needs to be done but uh at the same time i'm with you i mean each one of us needs to be doing what we are supposed to be doing and um so well, I, you know, I agree, and, and I believe God is going to be giving us those, those directives. I, you know, we're waiting to see what God is going to do regarding travel restrictions for next year. Uh, we know things are going to open up, and, um, but I think, I think things are going to have to be different than they have been, and we're going to be... Um, needing to expand the way we plan journeys and the way we involve network participation. And for, for me, um, I, I think it, I think it's promotion. I think God's going to be, God is promoting a number of the saints to, to do tasks, but then that creates another, another, uh, strata of how you coordinate that and how you supervise that. And that's a bad word. Oversee. Bishop it. Well, you have to have, I mean, you have to have different levels of the mighty men. You have to have different levels. And and when promotion happens and people step up, we really need others, young ones, not necessarily in age, but, but those that are willing to step into some of those responsibilities um, and be trained and developed and that I mean that that is just that is something that we've needed for a long time yeah and so well part of it is is that the enemy knew we needed it and for he he attacked that it's kind of like you know I've been well, I don't need to go down the history trail but if you see any army that's fighting they try to anticipate the weak links in the structure of their enemy and nail that. Um, so I think we were targeted there, but then God saw that we kept moving forward anyway, and now it's time to to put this structure in place. And, you know, we talked about it some when we were, over the past year and a half, when we were putting together different the functional document for the Saints Network. At the time, that seemed rather ambitious, even though you've got to put your stakes forward and the, the cords lengthen. But I do think that stretching into this world the way we did last week was a, was a prophetic act, but it was also an establishing um, and and these are the ramifications of it. Um, 
I, I think we need to reinvent ourselves in some ways because, you know, I think part of the cocoon that we're breaking out of is that um, we, for a long time, were laboring um, as people that were coming out of various denominational backgrounds and our foundations were set in certain ways. And I think it's time for us to break free from that and to be something that's totally different, even though we have been being different. I know I'm not saying this very well, but, um, you know, la last night, uh, I was, uh, this is going to sound strange to you, but I was, um, I was praying and I finished the, the, what I, the prayer time and, and so I thought I was going to turn on the news and the, the television popped up to uh, an AXS presentation of Cat Stevens. Remember him? Oh, yeah. And so he's there. He's old. Cat's in the cradle. He's older. No, he didn't sing Cat's in the Cradle. What did he sing? He sang Peace Train and yeah. Morning is Broken. And um, so he's doing all these, you know, he, he turned Islamic. He changed his name to Youssef or something like that. And everybody in the 70s thought, man, you just had this big string of hits. You have this unique voice. What in the world is happening with you? And um, so he kind of went off the grid. So he, he comes back now. He's older. And he was going through all these songs. And I thought, I'm just going to listen to him. And so he talks about how he, uh, he made a change. He wasn't going down the Islam trail, but how he made a change. And he said that he, uh, he was visiting a friend in Malibu, and he went out for a swim in the ocean. And he got out so far that he thought, oh, my goodness, I got to get back. And the tide and the currents was so much that as hard as he swam, he couldn't get back. And he recognized, I'm probably going to die out here. So he said he called out to God and said, if you get me back to the shore, I'll give my life to you. And he said he felt this wave come from behind him toward the shore and it helped carry him in and as soon as he got back he got this book from a, a, somebody close to him that was really talking about prophets and it was some islamic prophet and um it got a hold of him and he committed himself to islam which is kind of for us as christians is kind of a shame but he was open to the prophetic realm, to really what it means to be a prophet that hears from heaven. Now, I'm not talking about being able to prophesy. There's a difference between prophesying and being a prophet. And um, we should covet to prophesy, but not everybody's a prophet. And, and I, I believe that the Lord is wanting us to in this season, in this time that we're coming into, to embrace the identity of 
being apostle and embrace the idea, not just function in it. We've not denied it. We functioned in it. But to, to embrace the, uh, the idea of being prophet and to be able to reach into the spirit realm on behalf of the kingdom of God. And there will be people who are looking not for religion, not just for some point of ministry, but to encounter somebody that really knows what's going on in the realm. And that just, it just riveted me when I was hearing him. And you could tell he was being careful not to go too far down the, the, the Islamic trail. But he said that he felt that God had told him to come back. He had a work to do still. And so I don't know what's going on. But we need to really know that God is positioning us. We've been faithful in manifesting these gifts and these identities. But I think I really know that God is taking us into a new terrain of of continuing the apostolic calling of the saints movement but to actually step into the roles of what our fivefold offices are and to become uh, God's spokesman on behalf of that office to be known as the man of Elohim or the woman of Elohim and um, when I heard Cat Stevens testimony about going over to Islam but he, for the initial point was that he was encountering God. I don't know what God would have wanted, but we're talking in the late 70s there. And you remember what the late 70s were in Christianity. People were still battling over whether you speak in tongues. They were all talking about the rapture. And, um, you know, the exorcist was coming out, and that was a shock to, to people. Um, but there there really there were people who prophesied but there wasn't a plethora of prophets and nobody was talking about being apostles so the enemy was there and captured this guy and um you know you can tell there's a sincerity in this man's heart and i believe there are a lot of people as the world starts cavorting down this end time trail who are not looking for religion they're not looking to go to a big gathering of people and hearing a bunch of people put on music that's good, but not really as good as what you can get in the world. And um, they're, they're wanting to know who knows, who knows God, who can speak from on behalf of God. And, and you think about what, what it says in, um, in the new Testament about those who, in the book of Revelation, the synagogue of Satan, and in, you know, other places where it speaks about those who were embroiled in the enemy's camp, suddenly recognize, you're of God, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to lay on my face, and acknowledge that the God you know is far different from what we've been told, and it brings a fulfillment to us. And I, you know, and I also think that um, we, we're we're at a point where we've been talking about this in the past. Those who are sorcerers or shamans are are go, we're gonna we're gonna come head to head with them. It's kind of it's kind of like binding the strong man, which 
Philip did, Peter did, Paul did, and um, we've we've got to embrace that role. But it's God's timing. You know, I know that there are many who probably 10 years ago wanted me to just put on a funny hat and call myself an apostle. There was a lot of work that needed to be done yet before before we we step into something that God's saying, not yet, but I know that's on the doorstep. And people are not looking for religion. No, a lot of Christians are. People in the world are looking for the real thing. And um, that it's amazing how I would never have imagined that I would turn on the news. Honestly, I was turning it on to see what the weather was going to be like because I loves I loves me this weather. It's going to be back up to 90 or so this weekend, but I even dug out a thick shirt that I could wear um, to keep me toasty and warm. But to their pop, I'm hearing Cat Stevens sing uh, Peace Train, and I'm thinking... Good grief, that's that's Cat Stevens. And and then he was telling in between songs this testimony. I don't know what ministry he says God's calling him to, but wouldn't it be great if that man would come to know Jesus and would say, I've been following these other things, thinking I was following God, but here's the one true God. He's not Allah, he's El Elyon. He's Jesus. And so I I'm just I'm just praying about that. You know, here's another weird thing. I don't think I've told this to anybody. But for the past four years I've been praying for this country singer named Randy Travis, who's older now. He lives here near in the Dallas area up north somewhere. But I, I'll listen, I'll, I'll feel the Spirit say, okay, turn on these two albums that he did that were worship albums. And pray for him. Now, I don't know what that's about. But now I'm adding Cat Stevens to the prayer list and whoever else the Lord wants to bring. But I know that part of our transformation as we go into the year of the prophet is going to be that the identity of us um, that God's been honing us to be is going to be manifest in a new way. Now, I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, when I say that um, what I say about the apostolic ministry, I don't, I better not even say this, but you you, you got to know who you are and you got to do what you're called to do. And I, I know we have been We've been pastor apostle. We've been teacher apostle. You know, Bill Hammond said that the fivefold office has vibrated here. And that's probably going to continue. But once you take a step into the boat of a, of a distinct calling, you go away from the shore of a lot of other things. And that's all I'm going to say. But I, I just have to say that I believe firmly in this saints message and in our saints movement. I think we saw a piece of it I can tell you that it absolutely stirred the hearts of the people in Europe it stirred in an uncanny way the people in Brazil um, I, I was getting through Yawali um, 
lots of words from people where they were just said after that gathering, uh, they were just weeping. And, you know, God is doing a work. And so we are, we stepped in in obedience in, in wisdom. And, you know, really, we talk a lot about Bezalel. You've been talking about him for a, a, lot, of, a lot of times over the past few months. What, what did Bezalel open the door for? You know, primarily he was preparing the, the tabernacle and he was um, preparing the, the artifices. He was preparing all the other things. But that ushered in a new reality. Once his work was done, Israel was never the same. And I think that this spirit of wisdom in this year, and it's continuing, uh, is going to usher in a new reality for us that we've been preparing for. It's going to be totally different. That's my rambling. What sayest thou? Well, I think with Bezalel, I think he was, he, he partnered with the Lord, with the Spirit, to create all of the elements of function of who we are. I mean, you think about it. I mean, he... His, the creativity of the spirit moves through him to create all of the the um, the functioning parts of the temple, right? And 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 really, which in so many ways depicts who we are as priests and as 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 who we are before the Lord and. That's so important. I mean, yeah, he was significant. You know, he was vital in the building of the temple, but it was all those different moving parts of function in the temple that represented what we do now in spirit before the Lord. And and, and I love that because we are who we are before the Lord, but it is it's not just who we are it's 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 the function that comes out from within us it's the spirit from within us that that functions before the lord and 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 i think that's why you know we think about the church or people want the real they don't want religion they want authentic real relationship and they want to see that it's real and the only way that that really manifests outwardly is is our is through our our devotion to him and through the function within that comes through and and manifests does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah and so i mean you know i think about witnessing and i think about i just had this conversation with noah just a couple of days ago because he had a day off, and his his work peers wanted to spend some time with him, and and none of them really know the Lord, and so he spent like three or four hours in the afternoon with his peer, with his work peers, and he called me when he he got back and said it was so hard, and I said, why? And he said because they they don't understand and 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 i i realize that i have to be so simple but really 
just his lifestyle and who he is should be a testimony and a witness to those kids. You know what I mean? Because he talks to them about Jesus when he's at work. He talks to he talks to them about Jesus and he talks to to them about the simple gospel. But the manifestation of who he is and his worship, because everything we do should be worship. Everything should. I mean, that worship hat should never come off. I mean, because it's it's serving. It's it's no matter if I'm speaking or praying or whatever I'm doing, I mean, my heart should be burning towards who he is. You know, it should come from that foundation of just my absolute devotion to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so, you know, I was just trying to tell him that, you know, maybe you don't need to just like preach to them. You just need to be. You need to be a light. You need to show them that you are real and authentic and it's not just you know, something that you preach, but something that you are. And that's what the Lord, I mean, that's what people are looking for. And I kind of rambled, talk about that, but um, I just think that taking light into the darkness has so much to do with who you are and that vertical, just, just the relationship and stepping out and and being that light because it's your countenance because he is dwelling inside of you and that active just ongoing just measure of commune and worship and it's just it comes out but (laughs) well I, i think i think you know that was very clumsy this the strange thing about what bezalel did with the spirit of wisdom was yeah, he was working with Moses on behalf of something that had never been done before. And, you know, they were they were busy getting ready the tabernacle. There really wasn't any idea at that point, well, in God's eyes there was, about a temple. They were just getting the tabernacle ready. But then those same elements, as you said, that he prepared were used further in the temple. It was like a prototype for what would be bigger and yeah yeah. But the tabernacle, I think we saw we saw an idea of all these touch points where the saints were this past week, and God is about the business of preparing these tabernacles, the tabernacle of David and the Gentile church, and it's it's going to be happening in ways that are uh, phenomenal and. So the Bezalel appointment, you know, is is working toward that end in overdrive right now. But the objective then is for those places to then welcome the the abiding presence of God and for temple reality to occur. Now, what the timetable is for that, I don't know. I mean... Only God knows that. When you you have to look at the type and the antitype, that's a big seminary phrase. The types and the antitypes. So God's the one that started this business of the tabernacle first. David then embracing the tabernacle, and why is it the tabernacle of David that the Gentile Church is, not the tabernacle of Moses? Because David wanted the temple. He prayed for the temple. And I think that that indicates what we're to be doing now 
where we establish in obedience these fundamental principles that every tabernacle should have, that then the objective is the temple, the temple realities. And then from that, you have an exponential sending forth of people. How God's going to do that, I don't know. But I, but I do recognize that um, this, is, this is a really unique point, and maybe it's the, the focal point of transition, which we've been talking about for a while. I, I was very grateful to see that, and I'm trying to, trying to process what it is that, um, what it is that God is doing. Now, the other, the other factor is, and this is more of a personal thing. Um, you know, leading up to this seminar, I had a physical attack. And then, you know, there were people were praying. I know there was a fivefold here that I was blessed to be connected with by way of uh, the Internet. But there was a couple of words that said, you know, smite the shepherd and, and the sheep will be scattered. Now, I know that the enemy wanted to try to stop me and he wanted to try to thwart the seminar. But the principle is there. Now, he, hear this. The enemy did not succeed. And instead of scattering the sheep, the sheep were scattered in a different way. You know, the enemy came in one way, but the scattering of, of these tabernacles was something that is a ramification of the enemy attack. And God, God it's kind of like what when Paul was talking about the thorn in the flesh and God said, my grace is sufficient. I'm going somewhere with this, Paul said, God said to Paul. I'm taking this beyond. And so what you're dealing with here, the enemy thinks he's getting, getting after you to stop the vision, to stop the revelation. But my grace is what the real target is, where I'm, where I'm going with this. And, and I see that, you know, even in Peter's writing about the God of all grace, after you've suffered a little while, he then does those, those number of things that establish and secure and position for, for expanse. And so I, I really believe that as we reflect upon what God did last week, and we, we look forward, we look at that through the eyes of the Spirit and say, what do we need to be declaring now based upon what God did? What do we need to be seeing as we judge this prophetically? And, and how do we then, through the prosuke, how do we then begin to ask God in the authority line for these things to be done according to the name of Jesus? And I think that's an important thing. You know, here we are. We could be talking about, oh, this was great, and it was great. Thank God for all the new things. Yes, thank God for all these people. Yes, we have a lot of things that we can thank him for. But with that necessary thing, if we don't look forward to see 
why did this happen governmentally? What are you wanting us to do next based on this? Then we're failing in a way that a lot of the church has over the years where they get a great victory and then they say, wow, this is wonderful, and they just camp there. I'm not suggesting we are, but I'm asking that we as pneumaticos people really take this by by the horns and say what are the things what are the building blocks that God has laid out here that's plain to see when you look through the lens of the spirit and how do we need to begin to lay claim to them and make our proclamation and make our iteo before God the Father because this year of the prophet that's coming is going to be such where prophets step into roles that they've been prepared for but have not known. And wherever there's a prophet established, that indicates that there is governmental significance to which that prophet is going to speak into. You know? Anything? No, I'm just in agreement. Well, I, you know, I I know that I know that God is um, His hand is upon these outposts and even the the places where we didn't reach out to. You know, there was a word on Facebook today or yesterday from Ratna Kumar, and he was indicating how blessed he was by the. Uh, by the gathering, um, you know that that really all of those years and all of those teachings, the initial saint school, the various ways that we encountered pastors and people over there, was suddenly and quickly shut down by the government of India, and in some ways that then became somewhat of an underground church for us. Um, and, um, so I don't, I don't know what God is wanting to do there, but the African churches and what, and what's going on in the Philippines, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, and dear Lord, a couple of years ago, we were getting all kinds of hits from Eastern Europe and I don't think they were spammers. Um, and I know God said we were going to go in there in ministry. I thought we'd be there be now, but by now, but God didn't ask my opinion. He's real stingy with his time frames. And so I think there's a whole lot more going on in in places with the seed that's been sown than we than we recognize. And I believe God's going to begin to give dreams and visions and just knowings about how to pray and what to do prophetically. You know, we would, I firmly believe we would not have made our, quote a Gene Hackman movie, A French Connection, our, our allies with France, had we not done a significant work of, of prophetic activation, which made no sense to us at the time but we did it anyway, and that opened the door.
And it also opened the door for ridicule, which set the stage then for us to be separated from a movement, which is fine. That was God's plan. But that that whole French activation um, opened the door and transitioned us from a place into a new place of uh, of identity. And, uh, and I think also we made sacrifices when we took our first big, big-time journey into Africa. You know, you take 40-plus people and all the money and you sow in what we sowed. I'm believing that there is a great stirring. You know, we've had great ministry in Africa, but it's not over. And um, we need to believe for a mighty breakthrough, mighty breakthrough there. So God's in charge of this. We just need to obey. And I don't know what all is coming, but I do know that what we did last week was creative, yes, but it was also something that God was laying out. And if we just read... why he did what he did, which he's more than happy to speak to us about in his timing. It'll it'll show us things that are beyond our current perception of what he's doing. Well, I think I I think um you talk about promotion and I think that in our in our function as intercessors I think that there's been promotion and and you know it's interesting to have have gone back and revisited so many of the the revelations about prayer that that God has taught us over the course of the last number of years and then to revisit them during this seminar was to me was such an awakening in so many ways in my spirit to a, really a new and deeper dimension of our our responsibility as intercessors i mean and the power that he wants to give to us the authority and the power that he he wants to give to us here on the earth as intercessors, as prophetic intercessors. And it just, it was really, um, you know, I say an awakening. I don't even really know how to describe it. You know, God, over the course of the years, continues to take us deeper into the revelations that have already been established foundationally. But if 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 you as a saint did not... If your spirit was not stirred by the teaching and the release of just understandings of what these principles really mean for us and the call to step in and function in them, then I want to encourage you to go back and re-listen because for me, who's been sitting in this house for 20-something years, well, for a long time, but in the Nematicos for over 20 years, it was a real stirring for me, and, and I'm so thankful for that. But on top of that, I think about just the principle of Palau alone, where through that, that um, 
that process of of humbling ourselves and 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 really becoming base before the Lord so that he can use us in that pure dimension of being that judge in the land, being that judge and that prophetic one that really truly brings the turning uh, to me uh, uh, you know and I think about Daniel I think about just his obedience to that and his giving his life to that and the angel Gabriel coming and and giving him that skill and understanding that was beyond what any of the other prophets in the land had I mean just this incredible skill and understanding to understand the vision and be able to apply it and be able to speak it forth it just is it's just remarkable to me so these are very real principles that that God is calling us to not only um, acknowledge that this is what we're to function in but also to empower us in it and you know if ever you feel like your intercession your prayer is without effect Go back and get into scripture and see how God uses it. See that he's looking for one that will come and and partner with him in being that judge in the land and being that one that that um, that stands. And I don't know. It's just it, it's just to me the whole the way the Lord just orchestrated this gathering for us. And and. You know, these are like gifts for us. These are like, these are just like gifts for us that our Father just like hands to us and says, this is the revelation of who you are and what I've called you to do and to be and, and to partner in. And it's just so remarkable. And I think about how much of the church, even the church, not even the world, of the church that does not have these truths. It just, it grieves my heart. And, and, and I hope that, the grieving of my heart as I, as I pray and I travail on behalf of the church alone, that that these truths could penetrate into the church, and 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 raise up an art, you know, a real army in the church to to pray. It's just, and I know that's what's on God's heart. I know that's what He wants. I know it. I mean. Yes, he wants the wicked men. You know, he wants the wickedness to be turned, of course. He wants his church to function in, in, in holiness mm-hmm. and, and to be partners. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think you bringing that point to us here, um, I think that, one of the things we're going to work on and I'm praying about how we're supposed to do it uh, is a presentation a more of a fuller presentation of that flow pattern of these things that God has has given and it's got to be done in a way that is teachable Um, whether it's you whether you do uh, a video with a with a more detailed outline that then is part of a booklet for that series and then you then subsequently have a a 
um, a book that is that is made of that so that it's all of those things um and, and you know the weird thing you know we're almost done you know you you spoke on palau and it was really powerful and you know the the themes about prayer were continued through the week and that thursday i was so excited about doing back to backs and i was praying that the lord would help me to have the strength to get through it cuz i wasn't used to standing up there that long and um to my surprise, there I, I finished, and there was thirty minutes left, and that was a, I, I, my main concern was getting through it and being able to touch on all those things, and I thought, how did this happen? And this was going through my head at eleven thirty, and I thought, what in the world? And then, and then I'll just be real direct here. I thought I can't let these people go at eleven thirty. I, it's so funny because I'm sitting back there knowing what's going through your mind because I know you that well thinking, how's he going to fill this 30 minutes? This is going to be like, this is going to be good because I, I knew you were not going to forfeit that 30 minutes that you are not a man that would forfeit 30 minutes. No. And so it's just, I was praying for you because I knew that, I knew that you had to know that that 30 minutes was a sacred moment. And Yeah. Because yeah, I thought I was going to need an extra thirty minutes yeah. just to just to run through those things, <laughs> and I still don't know how. The sun we stood just still. Touched them, <laughs> and and then you know the spirit just came, and there was that catharsis and that vulnerability that wasn't just for me; it was I think for everybody, because here we are talking about these powerful things of prayer, and. They're from the scripture and the power of the throne and us standing before God, as Jesus had said, and you ask the Father and it's going to be done. And yet we know that there are a number of times where in our lives, with all of that, we don't have answers. We don't know why things happen the way they do at times personally. And, and you know, and I, I think that was something that the Spirit wanted us to all contend with and submit to, that God is in control. Mm -hmm. And these are eternal principles, but yet we live in life. We live in this world, and we, we have to deal with issues, and it's not always going to be the way we think it should be. And having that power and then being willing to let God be God in your life to where you don't become God over your life. Because if God gives you all this power from the throne, well, you can just, well, I don't like this. I declare this, and I don't like that, and I proclaim this, and I don't like that. God, you've got them. Oh, and this person over here, you know I, you know how much I love them. They're, they shouldn't be suffering. I declare that. There is that amazing humanity where we can represent the power of God in the way that we know the saints are supposed to be doing to where we recognize that in our own life we're sheep and we have a great shepherd and he's going to take care of us but it's not up to us and I, I, I afterwards I thought what just happened there and why did I weep I don't like that yeah, I don't. It just, it just, it was the spirit of the Lord. And so 
I feel like that was a big part of God's session, God's session for all of us that we recognize I'm showing you the keys of the kingdom here. I'm showing you these mysteries of prayer that culminate in what I believe is that Iteo principle, which is what why Jesus was spending all that time with those disciples, just Iteo, 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 right before Calvary. And um, But then God would say, with all of this, you're still my sheep. You're still my child. And you've got to walk through this You've got to walk through this life relying on me because if you take all of these power principles and you apply them in your personal life, then you become God. Then you become the shepherd. And you've got to come to a point where you can represent me over here while still trusting that I'm going to add everything that you need and you don't have to be worried about anything. I am your God, I'm your Father, and I'm taking care of you. And I think that's... A difficult thing. Christians go to seminars and they want to hear how to take that power and change their life. How to go and argue your case before God and get what you want. And God is it, it's a it's a duality. I'm empowering you here. And yes, you're gonna know my presence. You're gonna ask me and I'm gonna I'm gonna provide in life for you. But there are some things you're not going to understand. And no matter how big you are in me, no matter how powerful you are in the kingdom, it's like, why, why did Elijah grapple with personal issues on the top of that mountain? Why did Moses, Moses, grapple with personal issues when he was about to enter the promised land? You know, why did Jesus face personal issues there in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he was facing them. He was without sin, but as a man, he was facing those. And I think we need to realize that as saints, we will never become so big and so powerful that we, that we somehow step out of our need to walk in obedience and trust God to provide for us. There's no scripture that says, I'm going to teach you how to do all this stuff and then you provide for yourself. God never says that. And I think that's what that was all about. And it ended up being, just in those two sessions, a quarter of the teaching. And I think it was for a reason. Um, for all of us. So we're past time. Um, thank you for joining us. Anything further you want to say, Monica, before we go? No, I just bless the saints. Thanks for tuning in. It's good to be back up in the booth again for the second week in a row. Um, I will look forward to tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And we uh, we bless all of you. We bless you, and it's a privilege to serve our Father with you. Adios.